Hey there. Wait, I thought we were supposed to be silent. Hi. Hi, I'm easily confused. Hi. Bye. Go home. Nobody loves you. There we go. Welcome. This is Lena. And this is Mark, and welcome to our podcast about the Rust Belt. Uh, we've been kind of thematic lately, so this week we decided to do a podcast specially tailored for your morning commute. As soon as you're done getting to work, it's going to end. It's the perfect length if you work from home. So you should have gotten from your bed to your home office by now. Bye. Go home. Nobody loves you. Have a great work day. <laughs> um... I so, just yeah. made all that up off the top. This of my is head. this is where we talk about paranormal stuff and folklore and urban legends and murders and just, ghosts. Just things that would that are very Rust Beltian, if you will. Things that go bump in the night. Ooh, spooky. Um Or things that go stab in the night. <laughs> um we have Listeners, now, I know we read out a, um, a list of them a couple weeks ago, but now we have some in Croatia. Havala nas Luzanju. Spain. Uh, gracias para escuchan. Belgium. Bedank de Vorhet Luistern. And we have a special guest calling us all the way from Switzerland to say thanks. Here he is. That was our special guest calling in from Switzerland. You probably know Is from it a- Switzerland or Sweden. I wrote Switzerland. It's fine. That's the Swedish chef, though. Yeah, he's from that famous TV show. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> it's all different the places. It's fine. It's fine. Maybe he emigrated. I'm not worried about it. They probably say, they probably speak the same. Language. He took the time out of his busy day. I know to call in and tell everyone from Switzerland, "Hey, thanks, girl." And usually, like when I call him, he's always out of minutes. Like so, he's one of those friends. He doesn't buy enough for the month. Yep, him and Latoya Jackson. Every time <laughs> I call them, it goes straight to voicemail. It says the caller has no minutes. Okay, do you know that Dolly Parton still has a flip phone and that she only like communicates with people via fax? So people will people will like send like her people will take whatever piece of paper she gives them. They like quote unquote fax it into the computer and then send it as like an email to whomever and whomever does that has to like send it like it's all that. It's all that. She's everything. So she's allowed to. She owns a house with a bedroom that has a toilet and a refrigerator in it. Does she really? Yeah. That's my dream home. Coat of many colors, baby. You want to stay in bed all day and be depressed? Perfect. Here's a refrigerator and a toilet. Like that, I would call that like my my emo room, like my dashboard confessional right. room. Because so, like she to me, she's essentially a drag queen, right? Like she, essentially, she is like such a character. So anytime she's in front of people, she's on all day long. We only have to turn this on for however long we record for, and then we get to turn it off and go back to being mopey sons of bitches. But like. Oh, this is me. I just, sometimes I'm crying while I'm doing this. That's all. (laughs) Sometimes I'm just sitting here eating chips, bags and bags of chips, but no one can hear because I'm eating my feelings. I'm just kidding. I haven't had chips in forever. I would love a bag, though. And a hot dog. We have some chips. Some pickles. (sighs) Do you want some chips? No, it's okay. I just went to lunch. Oh. Thank you, though. Well, then why do you want food? 
That's just the thought of food. Food makes me happy. Oh, it makes everybody happy. Um, But what I was going to say is what makes people happy is when they get to hear our stories. Did you want to start? Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. So... Leanne usually, like, she travels and bounces all over the Rust Belt with her Iowa, stories. Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Indiana, Oregon, Illinois. California. No, we don't do those New places. Mexico. Mm-mm, that's Canada. not part of the Rust Belt. The Rust Belt is a very specific place in the northern part of the United States of America. Like, And it's called the Rust Belt because there were a bunch of factories and stuff that rusted out and and got closed. They all closed. Yeah, it was hustling and bustling Um, um, during the industrial era. This is like, like we live in Buffalo and that was like the place everyone wanted to be. And now I think our population is like 250,000, which really isn't that much, but. But. It's consistently been growing. It's more than Rochester. I actually looked that up the other day because I wanted to know how many people lived here. Well, Buffalo's like one that of was the like few the 2017 that, census. Buffalo's one of the few places that has actually turned it around. It's not because of good city management. No, it's just because of some smart decisions private corporations made. Hey, Pagulas, Canal Side. Yup, that's Olivia. There she goes, just parading down the house. my my pig and my second she's like, floor apartment. She's like your podcast. This is mine. <laughs> this podcast, I'm the star. Everything in this home is mine. I'm the starlet of this show, and I'm the star. Yeah, but Lena does a whole Rust Belt thing, and I have a pig, and I tend to stick to uh, Western New York. Some people refer to it as part of upstate but it is not it is not it's oh my god she's on a tear that sounds like a rat i have never seen her move faster than she just ran really yeah oh she runs back and forth when she's happy i guess i looked it up because the whole upstate thing really bothered me we're not upstate well we're upstate from new york city but we're west we are western new york upstate to me is like you know, right. everything else. But we're farther away from New York City than we are from, like, Cincinnati, Ohio. Right. Like, like, That's a, New York City is a six-hour drive from here. Cincinnati is about the same, but, like, Cleveland's a three-hour drive. Toronto is an hour and a half drive from Buffalo. Yeah, so I stick to Western New York because it's what same, I know. Same, And, it's where and we don't want to hear your opinions on the matter because we really don't care. Wait, what? I said we don't want to hear your opinions on the matter because we really don't. I was talking to the listener. Oh, I oh, I was no. like, how dare you? No, I just you? agreed with you. I was just saying we don't need people correcting us. That's right. Western New York, not upstate. Suck a dick. And that's where you talk about your stories from, from where? So this week I'm going to talk about my home county of <gasps> Chautauqua. Ooh. And have you ever heard about the Chautauqua County serial killer? No. That's because it's only speculated. Oh. But Chautauqua County has a high amount of missing or murdered women that all fit sort of the same profile. (gasps) Oh, yeah. And they're all, you know, like... Younger single mothers, no, not single mothers. They're all younger mothers that are married, but kind of separated. Mm-hmm. And they all were attractive, had light colored hair, and were. Thank God I wouldn't be picked because I'm not attractive and I have dark hair. 
as a joke. Yeah, I I see I mom. see your fishing pole, and <laughs> I'm, I'm not mom. I'm not grabbing the hook because I'm telling my story. <laughs> yeah, so there's there's a lot of women that fit the same profile. Uh, in 1988, a woman named Kathy Wilson disappeared. In 1997, a woman named Lori Bova disappeared, and I'm gonna focus specifically on her story because oh. it's the one that I know the most about, mm-hmm. and. It's also the most interesting, in my opinion, not to say that the other ones aren't interesting. It's just the details in this story are strange. And her name's Lori? Lori, Lori C.C. Bova. Okay. In 2004, a woman <gasps> named Yolanda Bindix disappeared and was never found. And in 2008, a woman named Corey Anderson disappeared and was never and found. And when was the first one? 1988. Oh, okay. That was Cassie so Wilson. Like tw- over the course of twenty years. Well, yeah, and those are those are just like the four main ones. Main ones that they know didn't just leave the area okay. or whatever. There's in all likelihood, like there's a there's at least five more suspected mm. people that could be added to that list, but they can't really confirm it. And there's if you if you Google like jamestown serial killer yeah you'll find all kinds of crazy stuff like oh. police conspiracy theories <gasps> and oh, it's oh a guy we should do a conspiracy and, theory episode well this could have very easily been a conspiracy theory oh story God. but i didn't really want to go there because i it would have been like a three hour long right. episode and i'm just so tired like i just I'm getting older, my body's changing, my energy level's lower, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Okay. So, Lori Cece Boba is 27, and it is June 7th of 1997, and they are in Lakewood, New York, which is, it's it's Jamestown, basically. Yeah. Have you, have you been to Jamestown? Yes. Do you know where the mall is? No. I've, I've, like, been there, like, once. Do you know where Wegmans is? No. Okay. Well, it's it's Jamestown. Lakewood is, like, South Buffalo to yeah. Jamestown. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, it's the evening, and Lori and her husband, Tyrone, and her sister decided to go out to eat at a really fancy restaurant um, just for fun. Uh, so... They got all gussied up and went Aww. to the nicest restaurant in Jamestown, which is Red Olive Lobster. Garden. Oh, yeah, I don't. They don't. They don't even have an Olive Garden. Oh, I don't think no free or no unlimited breadsticks for them. Right, but they have lobster. Lobster. They got the lobster rolls. They have lobster. The biscuit. There's lobster portion. It's where they take a lobster and they stuff it inside a crab and then they <laughs> stuff it inside a carp and then they roll it in a lasagna. Nuh-uh. Of course, and and they call it lobster portion. <laughs> yeah, Lena. Did you really need to ask? Lori and her husband, Tyrone, leave Red Lobster at 1030. Mm-hmm. P.M. Yeah. Okay. So you know the servers were pissed. pissed. Yeah. Pissed. That's pissed. after closing. Is it? I don't know. I've been to Red Lobster once, and it's because it's my Nana's favorite place to go. I don't. You know what? I have been to Red Lobster because I remember that my mom was putting the biscuits in her purse. <laughs> And that's when I learned the recipe to make the biscuits because I was so embarrassed by that. (laughs) 
there's only four ingredients. It's super easy. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know where the sister went, but I know that Lori and Tyrone went home to their apartment yeah. on New York Avenue in Jamestown proper. And they get in a fight. Okay. I don't know about what. Probably something stupid. Like maybe Tyrone brought home a pig. Or <laughs> maybe he bought five smart house devices that all conflict with each other and <laughs> talk to each other when you're not listening. Or I don't know, maybe this something feels like that. Very personal. Oh, I didn't no, this is I'm sorry, this is Lori C.C. Bova's story. It's not mine. Um, <laughs> but let's just say I can relate. But anyways, they get in a fight. Maybe it's for one of those reasons. Maybe it's because Tyrone doesn't do the dishes. I don't know, or take out the trash or anything. Mm -hmm. Something. Mm -hmm. But um, at 2 a.m., Lori's had it. She's pissed. and Officially? She has had it. Officially. Officially. And it's 2 a.m. in Jamestown. Uh Uh-huh. And it's June. Like, I realize that 1997 is different than 2019. Yeah. But Jamestown has never been a safe city. As really? Far, as long as I've been alive. I didn't know that. Like, it's always been known as a fairly unsafe place. And huh. the street that they lived on, New York Avenue? Yeah. Bad neighborhood. Oh, that's sad. Lori, 5'4", tiny little thing smaller than or she no she's like she's tiny she's skinny she's really pretty and she just looks like somebody that would be knowledgeable about the safety of leaving the house and going for a random walk at 2 a.m to smoke a cigarette like it doesn't make sense to me but so she leaves the house at 2 a.m to go take a walk and that's the last time she was ever seen ever dead or alive in Jamestown, you have a 1 in 28 chance of being a victim of a crime. So one out of every tw- or 28 people has been oh, a victim of a crime. Oh, take my word for it. Like, I'm just saying, like, as far as numbers go, that's nuts. One out of every that's three so houses bad. is abandoned. It's only 12% safer than every other city in the U.S. It's Jamestown. That's, I didn't know that. I pictured, nice I thought Jamestown was like, was like Fredonia, you know, no. like quiet and little. That's what I assume because it's a south town. So I'm like, oh, it's just, you know, little no. and quiet. No, 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 no. I went to Jamestown once and it was to play soccer in middle school because I was on the soccer team in middle school. And wow. I just remember it was a really long bus ride. What position did you I was defense. Play? Oh, did mm-hmm. you also play tangents? Tangents? Oh, fuck Were you. Were you a defensive tangent? <laughs> um, I was trying to say the only time I've been to Jamestown, so I don't remember. I was 13. 12. Okay. Well, it's a bad place. Jeez. Um, I'm so like. I mean, like like every city has its its good points right. and its bad points. Of course. But. Generally speaking, it's not so great. I am a person that will walk through any neighborhood at any hour in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I would not do the same in Jamestown. Like what in hour? Like as soon as it gets dark out, would you not walk anymore? Pretty much, and it's not a walkable city either. Right. Like there's not people that just are like, "Oh, I'm going to go take a walk at two a.m." Right. Like there's just like a lot of places don't even have sidewalks. Ugh. So that's the last time she's ever seen. Lori was ever seen. She went on a walk and was never seen at two a.m. on June eighth, nineteen ninety seven. 
Never seen again. Red Lobster, June 7th, because that was at 1030. Uh So next day, technically. And Tyrone waits, like, till the sun comes up. Uh And then decides this is concerning. Right, because that's still a time when people don't have cell phones, right? Uh People didn't really have cell phones then. Right. That was like the Pedro era. Right, but his wife... Left the house at 2 a.m., right. not in a car. Didn't come home. It's probably like foot. 7, 8 a.m. And he's like, oh, he's in, still at home. In a place where people just don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it, it just, I, it's hard to explain, but it's just. No, I totally get it. Well, somebody listening might not. Um, like, it's just, it's just not a place where you go walk, go for a walk yeah. at 2 a.m. Yeah. So, instead of calling the police, Tyrone called family first. I mean, that makes sense, though, because then you could be like, hey, have you seen Lori? She went for a walk. Right. So I get that. I totally get right. that. You want to check it because you want to make sure that you check all your bases before you go to the cops because, God forbid, you go to the cops and they what they do is then check it with her family. She went to her mom and dad's house. Well, she <sighs> wasn't with any of the family members. And instead of calling the police, though... He organized them to search for her. So they drove up and down the streets of Jamestown, Mm -hmm. which is just lots of hills and brick streets and corners and looking for Lori Cece Bova. So this is another couple hours go by. And still nothing. nothing. Yeah. And you know what? He could have called the cops while they did that. Exactly. So this is, you know, she's seen at 2 a.m. And now it's late afternoon. Right. One, two. Valuable, valuable hours have been wasted. Right. You need the first 24 hours to find someone. Right. Yeah. He finally calls the cops. Hmm. And nothing comes of it. And Tyrone never cooperated with the investigation. Ever. Hmm. Ever. Hmm. He was named a person of interest, but no charges were ever filed because they didn't. They never found a body. They never found a body, but they could never find sufficient evidence either until a few <gasps> months later <gasps> when a large clump of human hair was <gasps> found in Chautauqua Lake. <gasps> and they mobilized a diving team to search a whole entire lake and is everything. Is this a big lake? Chautauqua Lake is. It's a picturesque size like you could you could swim across it if you were a really good swimmer okay okay that sets the picture thank you okay but the lake was searched nothing and it didn't turn out to be her hair she left behind her purse her money and her id which if someone's running away they're gonna take that shit with them right and if you're going out at 2 a.m. for a walk to smoke cigarettes, you're probably not going to bring your purse, but you're probably going to bring, like, your ID and, like, a lighter and, like, 20 bucks or some quarters or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. She left everything behind, mm-hmm. though. And to this day, 2019, since 1997, her bank account has never been touched. Um no money withdrawn, right. nothing. And in 1997, again, like, people weren't really using credit cards. That was still, like, very, like, cash-based time. Well, there were ATM cards. Right, but that was still, like, mostly cash. Yeah, but you would, yeah, you would have to withdraw the cash, mm-hmm. but, um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so it's been sitting there, and she had she had money in a savings account that is still sitting there. Never been touched. And Tyrone was always considered a person of interest. You kind of always, have to. always, yeah, because he was the last person that saw her. He was there. He was her husband, mm-hmm. and he moved to Utah and remarried, Ugh. and had a daughter with his second wife, and. Unfortunately, it will never be found out if he did it or not because his wife and his daughter and him died in a car wreck in 2018. Nuh-uh. Yeah. So, I said that really chipper and I didn't mean to. Let's try it again. Say, nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, unless some miraculous thing happens where Lori C.C. Bova just turns up alive. She'd be 48 today. Or they find her out in the woods. Is he connected to the other missing women, though? Like, does he have any connections with them? Like, did he go on dates with them or know them? I'll get into that. (gasps) Oh, I thought you were about to be done. No, there's... No, I I am about to be done with this one. It's something I'll talk about at a later date. But there's... I mean, Jamestown... You know how Buffalo is a city, but everybody knows everybody. Yeah, there's like, like one degree of separation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And if you say a name, somebody knows that person. Mm-hmm. Jamestown, everybody knows everybody with no one degree of separation. So there's always going to be some sort of connection between people mm-hmm. like floating around out there. But in this case, it's a little... It's a little more than just a random, amorphous, like, cousins, friends, brother, sister. Right. But it's for another day. But there wasn't any, like, sign of struggle in their apartment or anything? There was nothing found in their apartment. It was just, it was like she just straight up got up and left and never came back. Yeah. Um, terrifying. And, well, I mean, the one thing that doesn't make sense is she left everything there which would indicate that she would be coming back right yeah or it would indicate that she actually didn't leave of her own volition yeah because if you're going out to smoke too let's first you need your house keys yep if you're going for a walk your smokes and your lighter you need your smokes you need your lighter maybe a couple bucks i don't it's just well and even like as a woman, like, normally you just grab your purse and go so you have all your shit on you. Because normally I just toss my keys, like, in the summertime, I toss my keys right in my purse. Right, but I can understand why she wouldn't do that because right, but if bad she neighborhood, no true. purse. But her keys were in the purse. Right, so then what I'm saying is if she's a smoker, you have your smokes, your your lighter, and your, your wallet, your uh, keys all in your purse. So it's easy to just toss it on and go out the door. And then that way you have everything with you, you know? Like, and she didn't even take her keys right. out of the purse when yeah. she left. And that doesn't make sense to me. No, that doesn't make sense at all. Like, I can understand why she would leave her purse at home being the smaller woman that she was. Right. In a neighborhood that is not great. And it being 2 a.m. But you're going to bring your fucking house keys so you can get in the house. At the very least. And like, yes, you would assume that her boyfriend would open the door for her if need be. But also because they're fighting, he might fucking lock her out just because. Oh, trust me. I never have my keys. I know. Ever. 
if Damon and I are in a fight mm-hmm. and I leave the house, mm-hmm. I have my keys. Mm-hmm. Because I know the door is going to be locked. <laughs> and I know I'm going to need to ring the doorbell. Mm-hmm. And he'll win then. So you bring your keys? <laughs> yeah. I will tear the house apart looking for him. Matter of fact, a couple times, I climbed up the porch. Yeah. And I got on the balcony. And that's that's a hard climb because you got to get over an overhang. But... Yeah, you bring your keys if you're fighting with your significant. Yeah, no, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I'm just saying, like, the from the from the sounds of it, it seemed like she was planning on coming back inside, or she wasn't planning on leaving in the first place. Yeah, but true, good point, good point. The fact that Tyrone never cooperated, the fact that Tyrone moved away so far away, 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 doesn't make it just it doesn't make any sense. And there's a lot. Of like all those women that I listed, mm-hmm. very similar stories. So, as far as his car accident goes out in Utah, the one, the fatal one, um, was it his fault? Did was that? I'm not sure. Okay, I don't know. So I say, well, that would be even more of like a fucking kicker if he had purposely done something to put his family, his new family, at risk. You know? Well, he died too, so. right? But you know, sometimes the captain goes down with the ship. Sometimes, you know, I. No. No. Maybe he couldn't take it anymore. Well, the guilt. I don't know. If he couldn't take it anymore, he would have cooperated with the fish. The fish? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, I said that because is it, this is obviously you know what's going on. Yeah. Damon is putting a giant quilt over, like, our huge 500-gallon fish tank, <laughs> I guess, because it's making noise. That's that's why I said that random thing. <laughs> I, think like I, meant to, I think I meant to say please. I don't know. But, yeah, that's my story. There's a bunch more like it. And um, this is sort of a teaser for future Sunday episodes. I am going to start talking more about yes. those and the connections <gasps> that That's arise exciting. between them. Um, because there is a connecting thread. And if I throw it out there, it'll spoil it all. <gasps> and it's bad storytelling. And Oh, uh, you're leaving us hanging. Well, it won't make sense if I say it now. No, but you're leaving us hanging. I like that. And, I mean, for the ending purposes of this story... She's never been seen again, Mm -hmm. alive or dead. There's a woman named Kathy Wilson from 88 that's never been seen again, alive or dead. There's a woman named Yolanda Bindix that's never been seen again, alive or dead. And there's a woman named Corey Anderson that's never been seen again, alive or dead. And their stories are all startlingly similar. And then there's a bunch more. So, bye to Tyrone? Tyrone? I don't... Tyrone? I I think bye to Red Lobster right now. Fucking buy Red Lobster. Seriously, take your shrimp fest and shove it up your lobster hole. Bye. Bye. All right, my story's about Pittsburgh. <laughs> I love Pittsburgh. I do too. Um, okay. What's your favorite thing to do in Pittsburgh? I This is going to sound lame, but I really um, enjoyed the Warhol Museum. Okay, like we a were whole in the gift heck shop. Of a lot. I like it there, but I also really love Pamela's Diner. It is delicious. Oh my god. It's in like like the artsier part of town. Um where like all like the little bodegas and stuff are, like the little fruit markets and like stuff. Like Squirrel Hill? Yes. Okay. And it is delicious. I had the best chorizo omelet of my life there. 
Interesting. They're so fucking good. Ha- did you ever have a Primanti Brothers sandwich? Yeah, I don't really love them. <gasps> sorry, not what? sorry. I know it's like a staple, but I don't love them. I'm not a big fan of coleslaw. I, it's, it's the innovation of putting the fries on the sandwich. Yes, but that's delicious. I just don't love coleslaw. Get it without. You can't. You When you get a sandwich or a hamburger, any type of thing, whatever comes on it is what you have to get. The fact, Because I, it was purposely made that way. That's I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I don't get tomato. I've never eaten a tomato in my life. and I refuse to alter a sandwich well, or a burger or whatever it may be. I get it however they make it because they put all those flavors together for a reason. Wow. Why don't you talk to the vegan sitting at the table, see how that works out for him. That's different. I eat everything. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. She swallows. Any place that has like a bologna sandwich mm-hmm. with the cup bologna, mm-hmm. they're my jam because it's Polish centric. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, sorry. Don't be sorry. I just get excited when people talk about Pittsburgh because it's one. It's one of five cities I would live in. Oh, I would totally. Florida. I would absolutely live in Pittsburgh or Philly, but Philly's not part of the Rust Belt. It's not. Mm-mm. Huh. It's too far over. I I would live in Buffalo, Pittsburgh, D.C., New York City. Seattle. Ew, I, I'm not. I would move all the way over there and never speak to anyone ever again. I am not a West Coast person. That's my getaway. Whatsoever. Uh, Virginia Beach. Okay. So, when we stopped going to West Virginia for vacations... We went to Virginia Beach. Down, 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 <laughs> down, 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 down. <laughs> and my mom and dad used to go to Virginia Beach when they were young lovers. And that's where my dad proposed oh. to my mom. They were like, they had just gotten out of Virginia Beach. He had his pickup truck. They drove his pickup truck down there. And then they got in like the bed of his truck and he proposed to her. So that's like their whole thing. That is so ghetto. <laughs> and. Poor and <laughs> but listen, adorable. My though. dad has always said that he wants to move down to Virginia Beach and open up one of like the tandem bike things and just run out bikes to people. I can see your dad doing that or like wearing Hawaiian out. shirts every day. I was gonna say or like running out like wakeboards. Yeah, Little on the beach, boats, and yeah. he's just like that the really tan guy that mm-hmm. has too many buttons undone. He's yeah. like, Yo, bro, what's up? <laughs> yeah, that's my dad. Can me and my so Betty and B. Yeah. So the last time the last time I went with them, I forget how old I was. I think I was maybe like 21. But the last day we were there, there were a ton of tornadoes. And so it was so fucked up. Were they tornadoes or water spouts? They were tornadoes. There oh. were like tornado warnings everywhere. We just, Ooh. I'm like, this is where we die. This is fine. But anyway, so Pittsburgh, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking about Pittsburgh, not yes. Virginia Beach. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I was, I, I, I dove right in with you. Hey. So Let's do a palate cleanser, and then mm-hmm. we'll dive into your story. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's orange and sounds like a parrot? I don't know what. A carrot. <laughs> That's so good. Thanks. Verizon customer service didn't think that was great. <laughs> I was trying to lighten the mood after I dropped the C word and the F word and <sighs> said I was going to. The cut and the fuck? The cut and the, well, yeah, because Damon was insisting my mother listen to this podcast, so I was trying to watch my mouth, but I was like, I would kick you in your fucking cup, but I don't want to lose my shoe. Fix my phone. Yeah. As one does. Pittsburgh. People fighting. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just fighting. <laughs> so this is about 
Robert Ferrenti and Autumn Klein. She won America's Next Top Model. No, it's not the same one. Oh. <laughs> this is all from amp.cnn.com. I love that you just... It was published August 2nd of 2018. However, this story takes place on April 17th of 2013. So, not that long ago. There's an 80s party going on outside in the street. I... I'm sorry. I know I'm not supposed to look out the window. Yeah, because people know what we're talking about. So anyway, so Robert Fronty and Adam, Adam, Autumn Klein, they were married. Mm -hmm. Um, They both had successful careers. Klein was a top neurologist at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. Oh. And Ferrante, he worked in the lab at the University of Pittsburgh. Wait. So was he like a scientist or a phlebotomist? He, so what I have written down is he had a job where he managed a laboratory that conducted clinical trials using various drugs and chemicals. Okay. All right. So on April, oh, and Klein, it said in the article, it said that Klein had a six-year-old daughter named Sienna, Kiana, C-I-A-N-N-A. But then it said that it was both Robert and Autumn's daughter. I don't know. It just referred to it. It just referred to her as being Klein's six-year-old daughter. So let's just call her Klein's six-year-old daughter because I don't even know how to pronounce that. We'll call her Sienna. So Sienna was six. She doesn't have a lot to do with stories just to kind of like set the tone for them. So let's call her Cece. Cece. So on April 17th of 2013, Ferrenti called 911. He said that his wife was conscious and breathing, but not alert. And then he followed that up by saying, Please, 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 I think my wife is having a stroke. So the paramedics arrived and they found Klein on the kitchen floor with a, pas- a plastic bag containing creatine, which is, you know, like the working out supplement that people take. Yeah, I, I'm very <laughs> familiar. Because you're so buff. <sighs> so the paramedics found her, they worked on her, they took her to the hospital, and three days later, Klein died. So, okay, I know I'm I'm getting ahead of things, but it's okay. What you've explained to me is that she was passed out on the floor, and the scene was set to make it look like she overdosed on creatine, or it appeared as if she overdosed on creatine, or just like like if because he's Ferrante said that he thought she was having a stroke, so if she was you know making a drink with creatine and just fell to the floor because okay. she was having a stroke, all right, she just. Dropped and was holding that. Sensical. So, according to a criminal complaint, there were several text messages between the couple where Ferrante was urging Klein to use creatine to help her get pregnant. What do you mean a critical or... A criminal complaint? Yeah. But it was just basically people reporting in on the couple. That's how they referred to Uh, it as. That's weird. Yes. So, according to... You know, science, there's no scientific consensus <laughs> that creatine supplements help with fertility. I I was going to say, like, mm-hmm. that just, I thought it just, like, was a lot of calories. Yeah, creatine basically helps you build muscle. It doesn't help you get pregnant. But also, I wrote, in fact, the National Institutes of Health say that pregnant women should not use creatine. So why would someone use creatine to help them get pregnant? Especially a doctor, because she's not stupid. She's a neurologist. Yeah, she's not dumb. And also, which makes you have to wonder if her husband, Frente, was telling her that she should be taking creatine to get pregnant. As a smart woman, like, 
unless there was like a lot of like emotional mental abuse going on, like why would she listen to him about that? Because why would he know better than her? Well, I guess we can't speculate. No. Like, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, maybe think, like, what the fuck? Yeah. So, um, authorities, you know, after doing the autopsy and stuff, they said that it wasn't creatine that killed Klein, but shocking cyanide. Oh, so, the old nursemaid's go-to. One day before Klein fell ill, can you guess what Ferrante did? Uh, he made her drink and put rat poison on it. He bought a bunch of rat poison at the hardware store. <laughs> oh my god, like, what was her name, Martha Wise? No. Friend- well, like, every lady that has ever murdered anybody. Well, that was ever. also early. This, so, Ferrente used his credit card. Fucking dumb To shit. place an overnight order for more than a half pound of cyanide. Okay, so I was right. I called that. Because he's stupid. He's dumb as a... He wasn't... No, he wasn't managing a laboratory. He was a CNA in training. (laughs) No, get this. At the time the order was placed, none of Ferrente's projects were actively using cyanide. So why would he need it? Rats? So when investigators found the bottle, over eight grams of cyanide were missing. Oh, for... Which, in my brain, I'm like, anything more than one of anything is a lot. Like Okay, and why are you saving the bottle? This guy clearly did not try to cover up anything. He thought he was too fucking smart, too fucking cool for school, whatever. So, basically, like, Ferrante had gone to the detectives, and he was all like, why would she do this to herself? After they had told him about Uh the cyanide. Which made them think, You're a piece of shit. Yeah. And then he followed up with, why would she do this to herself, with... Or who would do this to her, which uh-huh. keyed them into thinking, well. So not only is hello. he stupid, but he's a horrible actor and he's a horrible liar. He's not even that. He just thinks that he can't get caught. He thinks he's great at everything. They had investigation discovery back then. He thinks he's doing the damn thing. He thinks he's so smart and he is not. So in July of 2013, Frenti was charged with the death of his wife. In court, a neighbor had said that Klein wanted another child, but apparently Ferrante did not. And then another neighbor had said that Ferrante confronted Klein three times within weeks of her death to ask if she was having an affair. What? Yeah. So, like, okay. this guy was clearly just kind of, like, know, off his rocker a little bit, Do I you think? know the relationship between the neighbor, like, whose friend was the neighbor? No. It was, well, the Because, like, you know how when there's a couple? Right. They have mutual friends, but there's always somebody who right. owns the friend. Like, mm-hmm. if if I killed Damon to fulfill a life insurance policy mm-hmm. by pushing him down the stairs mm-hmm. at night and making sure that he was drunk while he did it and that it was 2 a.m. on a Saturday evening uh, when he would likely be drunk and... Wait, that's oddly specific. Um, But if Damon died mm-hmm. or I died, mm-hmm. like... Ownership would transfer to people, but if we got divorced, like, I would get Bill. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so whose friend was this neighbor? They didn't say because the neighbors actually wanted to keep quiet up until everything was done and taken care of because they were afraid of Ferenti. Oh. 
Allegedly. Okay. Allegedly. Yes. So the case lingered for mo- for months before finally going to trial in October. So, so from so from July to October, people were like scared, whatever. And then during court, Ferrante actually had the nerve to take the stand. So the jury said that his testimony was inconsistent, and even someone was like, "I don't actually see the like- grand jury or." The grand jury, yeah. Okay. It's it's very odd that he was allowed to testify in front of a grand jury. Right. Because it, there's a saying, like, you can get a grand jury to find probable cause to take a ham to trial or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so if he testified, there was something odd going on. Like, his lawyer thought it was necessary. Well, they probably thought, because of how he thought, he was like... I'm, you know, I can say whatever I want and no one's going to suspect us me because we're both successful. We're both, you know, good people. No one ever saw us fighting. But then all this stuff comes up about him and he's stupid enough to use his own fucking credit card to buy the cyanide, have it shipped overnight. And the next day his wife will get sick from it and then dies three days later. I didn't know he had it shipped overnight. Yeah, I said he had it shipped. He bought it the day before and had it shipped over. dumb. He's not even dumb. He is so fucking full of himself that he thinks... That he can get away with it. Don't give him too much credit. No. He's stupid. He's dumb as fuck, but he thinks that he's smart. So the jury said that um, his testimony was inconsistent and that he was found guilty. So by November of 2014, the jury had determined that the University of Pittsburgh medical researcher and professor was guilty of the murder of his wife, 41-year-old Autumn Klein, and he was sentenced to life in prison. Thank goodness. And I can only assume that he's still there because there was no follow-up piece to it about him. Um, well, it was 2013, too. Right, so no amount of Well, this was, this was 2014. Everything happened in 2013. And then finally, like, by 2014, it was decided, you know, life in prison. Yeah, so that was just five years ago, basically. Not even five years, four and a half years ago that he was sentenced to life in prison. Because I hope somebody fucking... sends him a cake. Well, right. But like... A fucking fart cake. <laughs> a fart cake. <laughs> because like, it's so weird that he would tell her to use creatine. Listen. But then like, say that he didn't want to get her pregnant. Like, I don't understand. I pretend that I'm plotting to kill Damon mm-hmm. all the time. That's usually, funny. I don't talk about it when he's in the room. And usually I say hypothetical, Mm -hmm. and usually I'm running potential plans by experts for realistic outcomes. But Mm -hmm. I, that's the stupidest plan I've ever fucking yeah. heard in my whole entire life yeah he ordered the he ordered the cyanide overnight with this credit card so like clearly your name is on it and then even if he were to be like well i'm using it in my lab they went and checked all of his current things that he was working on and nothing required the use of there cyanide there's so many better ways to kill people and you know what as someone who is a medical researcher and professor at the university of pittsburgh you would think that with whatever he had in his lab he would at least concoct something that wouldn't give it away so immediately but like well his wife was smart too so you wanted something that was odorless and tasteless mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. undetectable well doesn't cyanide smell like almonds yeah, but if you put it in creatine, it's going to get masked because yeah. almonds smell like a lot of different things. Like, right. I can't differentiate almond and cherry from each other or, like, almond and vanilla. I just, I can't. Yeah, I can do it with taste. But Fair. cyanide doesn't taste like almonds, then. 
Exactly. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, this guy was just a fucking piece of shit. Robert Friend. It might be Ferrante. I don't know. Who Fuck fucking him. cares? Exactly. I Let's feel bad. Fiorante. Oh, Fiorante. So, so thankfully, Klein's mom and dad they ended up like moving back to Pittsburgh, and they took care of Sienna, and they oh, gave God. her, you know, all the love and stuff she needed. So at the time, if Sienna was six, now she's like ten, eleven. So thankfully, she's had, you know. A decent enough childhood since then, one that can only hope baby. for. I know. And you know, she, like, clearly she was in the house at the time, so what the fuck? Like. And, like, the fucked up thing about that stuff, too, is usually it doesn't even boil down to rage. It boils down to greed. Like, right. if they didn't like each other and they were going to get, get a divorced. fucking divorce. Oh my but God. Somebody doesn't want to give up half of whatever. And. Okay, so then be miserable forever. You don't fucking kill anybody. I. And the fact that people consider that as an option, like, I'm the devil, and I wouldn't kill Damon for less than $5 million. I don't blame you. That's a good amount of money. Yeah. With my so. bare hands. But if it was long range, I don't know, like $1 million. <laughs> But, yeah, that's sad. That's yeah, horrible. so that's the story of piece of shit. Robert Frente and his, the death of the murder. I'm going to use the right word, the murder of his wife, Autumn Klein, by Do you him. know who he should be friends with? Who? Like, pen pals? Who? Brianna Valenti. Yeah, so... And Robert Ferrenti. And Dr. David McKay, Daniel McKay. Well, I was going to say, if they got married, they could be Brianna Valenti Ferrenti. <laughs> Fuck Cunt it. face. So, bye to Robert Ferrenti and bye to Brianna Valenti. Just because. Bye. Go home. Nobody loves you. Rotten solitary. I hope you get butt raped. Fart cakes. Fart Bye. cakes for days. Bye. Bye.